0: Hey there, it's Brock, and I am standing in the stairwell of my house with uh, fans in the background because it is going to be a hot one this weekend, Labor Day weekend. You know, uh, it was it was a nice week. It got hot towards the end, and now it's just going to be a scorcher like from, who knows, like Monday all the way through the early part of the week. So wish us luck here in Portland. We are soft and cannot take these kinds of extreme temperatures. It is Labor Day weekend, and uh, with that, we may or may not record a show. I guess we'll see. But uh, I went to uh, a person's house, and I talked to a guy. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons, went along with me to meet Brad, Brad from Newfoundland, who uh, crossed the country, and a really interesting guy. Uh, So you're going to hear the audio, first of all, of Aaron and I meeting up at the library and talking about what we did not didn't know about Brad beforehand, and then you're going to hear us talking to Brad in the backyard he was camping in uh, at the end of his long journey, so from the east coast to the west coast by bicycle uh, with some really interesting stuff, so check it out and enjoy, it. and happy Labor Day.
1: So yeah, this is a friend of Drew, the welder, and friend, I guess, like a guy he met at and he is, I want to say from Sweden? But we'll be sneaky about it when we ask him. We'll ask him where he's from. Just kind of like, you know, as a point of curiosity. Not that I forgot where he's from. It's good reporting. Even though I did.
2: Ask all the questions. It's Especially the, the
1: ones with the, with the answers you forgot. Well,
2: I mean, uh, I, I have very little context going in, so.
1: Right. Um, so, yeah, he did a, a tour across America. And I want to say he probably went from west to east because he's done now. Or, sorry, east to west. But. He's done now. He's in Portland for a short while, and then he goes home. But yeah, I guess he's a big fan of health and food. He had some limiting issue, something that could have been a challenge, but he decided not to make it one. Uh, So we'll have to ask him about that. Yeah,
2: like a nutritional limitation? Something
1: like that, yeah. Um, So let me find his address here real quick. Oh, he's like right here on the block, I guess. We could walk there very good so let me look up Drew's email I got your text message that says you're here
2: cool it's in like a moment for you like not even a moment <laughs> ah there we go not from Sweden
1: oh good <laughs> hi Brock if you're looking for someone to interview this week may I suggest Brad Wade he's from Newfoundland Rose back with a group of people to Seattle in 80 plus days He has interests in sustainability and food equity. Comes from a place where processed food and the ill effects that follow it, like obesity and diabetes, are rampant. He worked on some farms along the way and did a lot of dumpster diving with the group. You wouldn't believe how much stuff they pulled out of dumpsters, and he has a phone full of pictures of it. (laughs) That's perfect. He is looking for ideas he can take home to improve his community in Newfoundland. How easy is it for you to say that word? Well. Newfoundland.
2: Newfoundland. I've heard it pronounced
1: that way. Newfoundland.
2: There's Newfoundland.
1: While he works on a master's degree in teaching. Articulate, gregarious, positive, and interesting person. I asked him if he is up for doing a podcast with you, and he says yes. Ah, here here it is. He has a genetic medical condition where his heart is on the right side of his chest and has only one lung. He is followed by a team of doctors who are amazed at his accomplishments and may be the only person with such a condition to ride his bike cross-country.
2: Holy shit. Right?
1: <laughs> Google Brad Wade Newfoundland Bicycle. There are a few articles about him as well as his WordPress blog. We has a couple hours of Velocult chatting. He will be around at my friend's house, Warm Showers, for a couple more days. All right. There we go. Now I remember.
2: First thing. <coughs> dumpster diving and highway riding. Cyclist embarks on an unusual cross... country trip?
1: <laughs> if only there was a way to know the rest of the title. You'd have to click on the link.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, unusual cross American track. That is not what I expected it to say.
2: Saint John's Cyclist Breadway joins my Ride.
1: Oh man. I am excited about talking to him about dumpster driving because that that's a thing I like to do. Um, I looked into a couple of garbage cans on the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know. You throw one thing away, you see if there's another thing that might come back with you.
2: Well. Why not, right?
1: I mean, <laughs> I wonder if he's ever dumpstered beer. Here, beer, oh, like beer. or like anything else. He asked for a cider, so I said, "I'll get you one." Let's uh, let's go meet him. Should we go meet him? Uh, that way or that way? This way.
2: That way. Okay.
1: I feel like I should just yell his name and see if he responds. <laughs> Probably not. Hello, is that Brad? I see. The man appears. How's it going? <laughs> it's good, man. How are you? Good. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. You as well. Thank you for uh, for having us over.
3: Yeah, yeah, coming
1: here. Man. Oh, and you're camped out in the backyard and everything. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Do you want to show us your
3: rig first? Absolutely. Is 2016 Specialized A Wall. Uh, I had about ten different bikes in mind, and this was the one that kind of won. So basically, I wanted to do more of a, a bike packing rig. So I looked at kind of the price of the bags and realized that. It'd it was a bit out of my uh, price range. so I yeah. made all mine. Oh really?
1: Yeah. Because I was going to say these are good-looking bags, but you you built all these yourself? Yeah. I just uh, the bags too. Yeah. Hand sewed?
3: Uh, with or uh, 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 machine sewed? Industrial machine. I have a bunch oh, of patches. Oh, all your patches. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's gotta look at so the cool. other side.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. Oh wow! It's kind of. These,
3: I didn't think there were any patches. They're, they're all over on here. These are the ones that I started with, and then this one because my dad was in the army, which is oh, yeah. kind of why I got. Right. Into this, and then the rest are from places that I've been.
1: Yeah. That's so
3: fantastic. Still have some room for more. And you're
1: from Newfoundland, I yeah,
3: heard. Yeah, St. John's, Newfoundland. Nice. Uh, have you been to St. John's, Portland yet? Mm, that's the... Isn't that the bridge? It's, it's like, like, yeah, the, the, the far the
1: western point or side nope. of the city. I,
3: I haven't been there, no. but, I guess it'd be uh,
1: cool to say that you... I,
3: I don't think there's anything over there you wouldn't have here, but... <laughs> St. But John's but yeah. to St. John's. So... Um but I have two pennies that hang out the front okay rack. actually I, I just uh replaced that rack because the one that I had uh was a, a similar style uh-huh. um it broke in the upper uh, peninsula of Michigan, oh really, so I rode on a broken rack for <laughs> halfway like really? i guess the last Did you half
2: have to tie it back yeah, I
3: used or? a bunch of uh zip ties and old bike tubes, and it stayed pretty firm. But I really like to open it up on dirt roads and stuff. But right. I really couldn't. <laughs> I was, How was broken it was tire, it? Um, it was basically it was an aluminum rack, and the um, the brazons on the fork where uh, it went it actually broke the rack. Yeah. By the by the bolt, so okay. the fork and stuff was fine. It was just the rack itself. So I hunted down this particular uh, rack. It's a Soma like. Portour type yeah of rack. And you can strap a bag on the front. Do you have one bag that goes up there, or do you tie um, a bunch I of things on that? I kind of have like some dry bags and a small backpacks. I I roll roll up the bag, um, and then I just kind of put that on top. I have a solar panel as well that I I've been using, but uh, no, it's it's been pretty cool ride. Um, Very cool. I finish up in Vancouver, BC. Um, I'm staying there until the 12th. I have a friend there that's going to host me, but, uh, yeah, the group I was actually with, there is, we started as, uh, May 29th in New York. Okay. In, uh, and, uh, it was Park. a big group, right? It's a big group. So overall from coast to coast, we had about, uh, close to a 50 people Okay. that joined the ride, whether it was for a day, there's a few people that kind of hopped on and, in Minneapolis, uh, I actually went from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, yeah, all the way to here. Okay. Uh, the reason why I had to join up a little bit later, it was only like two days later, um, I graduated from university. Um, Congratulations. Day, thank you. A day or two after they actually
1: started. Okay. So, so you got to like get, put on a cap and gown and walk down the aisle and, and then get up a diploma.
3: next morning, get on a plane yeah. and go. So I flew into LaGuardia. And then without internet, tried to figure out a way to get to Manhattan. <laughs> without internet. Without internet, because uh, I opted not to get a phone plan when okay. I came down here. Just yeah, we've a, been emailing. so yeah, yeah, it was an extra cost that I really wasn't comfortable paying uh, when I really didn't need it. I used Wi-Fi for the mm-hmm. majority of the trip.
1: So what device did you use to check your email with then? Uh,
3: just a smartphone. Okay. Yeah, just a, 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 a
2: Samsung Galaxy it. Like restaurants Yeah like
3: that. Kind of Coffee shops and restaurants And stuff like that If I was really in a bust um, There were a few people Who had Wi-Fi hotspots On their phones Okay So I just <laughs> Hopped on Got a map And then Off I went
1: I like the technology Allows us to do that These days Like Yeah loan me some Wi-Fi
3: Yeah uh, I definitely I think next time I think If I'm doing a solo trip um, Which I kind of Prefer a little bit um, Yeah I might do the whole map thing. uh uh-huh. Map and compass. Yeah. And just go that way. As I
1: opposed to any sort of technology. Yeah, just, I, yeah.
3: I kind of want to just try that. Um, again, people have done it before technology, so it's definitely... Right. Uh, How do they survive? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, uh, a for-sure way to get around. Totally. Without having to be bogged down in the attack world, I guess. For sure, yeah. yeah.
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, we brought you a cider. Can we pop it open for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: excellent. Absolutely. So, we have... Uh, how many more days did you say of the trip until you get trip. to this uh, Well, so I leave here the 31st. I'm actually
3: hopping on an Amtrak oh, yeah. uh, from here back to, back to uh, Seattle where the group actually uh, finished. Because uh, I've never been on a train before. Uh, never. Yeah, uh, St. John's used to have a train, but they took off the tracks and I never had a chance to get on it. So... Uh,
1: Amtr or sorry, uh, Canada has the VIA system, right? Yeah, is I've it never. Via or? Uh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I I haven't even been on that. So, right. Yeah. Because
1: that would go. Because Newfoundland's kind of off the map in a ways, right? It's like east, far it's, east.
3: Yeah, we're actually an island, so you have to get a ferry or plane to get there. Yeah, so, so. that's why there's no train. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, I've always considered. I'd like. To, I'd love to take VIA. Like, I know it goes through. Uh, is it uh, up in Alberta? There's. Uh, Thank you there's a huge national park up there and then um other other places so oh you've got yeah great cool. thank you and uh Aaron Green you get to choose between these two options well, that's, that's a difficult decision isn't it you don't like either one <laughs> I'll <take the> <laughs> yeah. have you heard of Reverend Nats no I haven't Reverend Nats is uh uh kind of a well, it's a natural cider. It's they don't add any sugar to it. Okay. So cool. um, all the flavor you taste, like there are a lot of the ciders that are like, uh, for example, is it Angry Orchard. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of fructose yeah, yeah. in that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of alcohol has fructose in it actually.
2: No, I think Portland Cider Company here on Hawthorne also is similar.
1: Yeah, that'd be another one where you don't have to worry about additives or whatever. No, additives, but yeah. yeah, there's no added sugar to this. It's just uh, the flavor of the actual s- stuff that they made it from. So. Cool. And they're there' they're a Portland brand so so you get to drink local, we get to drink cheap (laughs) but uh, yeah so
3: let's let's talk a little bit about the tour,
1: Drew was telling me you faced some physical
3: challenges yeah, um, I kind of look at it as I guess a challenge in a sense but um, I was diagnosed with a kind of a I'll say rare condition because I've never heard of anyone else who's had it Yeah. So, uh, my heart is actually on the right side of my chest. So, instead of, I guess, off to the left where it's normally supposed to be, when I was born, it was positioned on the right side of my chest.
1: It's in a different place than most people.
3: Yeah. And I also have one lung. Okay. The right lung... Most people have two. Yes. The right lung didn't develop. So. Uh The alveoli, the chambers that are in the lung, uh, that that's where the oxygen and carbon dioxide are. That's where kind of the oxygen is transferred to the bloodstream. There's none in, okay. in my right lung. So basically, it's a. We took one of those uh, bags, uh-huh, and balled it up. Just, that would be, yeah, that is. would be my lungs okay nothing there we go so they actually had to direct a lot of the blood flow away from it in 2001 because i wasn't getting enough oxygen to other areas of my body yeah surgery yeah just a coil in one of my arteries and it really helped so now i have a lot more energy yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah so i got to bike across the states uh with heart condition and one lung yeah that's Um, uh not many people do that yeah um my cardiologist that i've known from birth He kind of advised me since birth that I probably wouldn't be able to do as many uh, sports as most kids. Um, So I kind of leaned away from football and soccer, really aggressive sports. I did do basketball when I was younger, but once I kind of reached, I don't know, probably grade 7 or so, tried to join a team, I just really couldn't keep up. Yeah. But uh, my school had a bit of a, a bike club. It wasn't very... We didn't have uh, meetups very often, but we did go for some longer rides. And I really caught, kind of got into it and used to ride back to school a bit. And then, yeah, so I could definitely do it. And it was something that I could do at my own pace. Yeah. And I just like the whole environmental side of it as well. I can get around with any uh, e mm-hmm. It's fun. I get a workout. Yeah. I get to see more things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very cool. But yeah yeah i i have to ask that you brought up sports and you're from canada hmm. uh curling are you a fan
3: um i don't watch it very often <laughs> okay i do enjoy the clips when i see them right uh i've always wanted to try it right but i've never i've had opportunities to but okay. never tried it but yeah it's something that i do want to try
1: because that's a very uniquely canadian sport if i'm not mistaken like it's uh yeah yeah i i've never i've never played have you ever played Nope. no okay mm. <laughs> I just like that I don't it's, know I like that it's either. called curling I think that's yeah, a yeah. It's, it's a cool name for a very unique sport yeah yeah so okay yeah um, but uh, you said you, you took so was it 80 plus days I remember I think it was
3: about 82 days okay there I we believe. go yeah, yeah yeah and you started in Lancaster yeah That's where I started. Okay. Um, Yeah, and I joined up with the group. We all knew each other through a Facebook group. So the guy, how was this organizer? What was the who was who was leading or
1: guiding the group?
3: So there was kind of two kind of co, I guess you can call them leaders or co, organizers. uh, Rob Greenfield and his girlfriend uh, Cheryl Davies. um, They kind of they wanted to bike across the states together. And then Rob, who's an environmental activist and an adventurer, who had done um, a similar trip. He biked across the states twice prior to this one. Um, and they kind of want to put out uh, an open invitation to anyone who wanted to come. Yeah. So he has a fairly large Facebook following uh, because of some of the stuff that he's done. Uh, one thing is he wanted to bring attention to um, the amount of garbage that people produce in a day. So he looked up the stat, and it was four and a half pounds a day that okay. the average American would produce. Yeah, wow. But normally people just throw it away. It's out of sight, out of mind. Right. What he wanted to do was show people how much garbage <sighs> was produced in a day, Yeah. so he wore it. He had a okay. suit that was designed—a garbage suit—that held the waste, the any organics. <laughs> he weighed and replaced with dry rice. Okay, cleaned all the bottles. Everything was very clean. So it wasn't gonna
1: like he wasn't gonna have like pericorps rotting on his, no. his sleeve or something.
3: So he he does things
1: that a are yeah. fun. What was the uh, in Zoolander? What was the the suit it derelict? leaked? Yeah. Was that... I remember that movie, yeah. <laughs> it was the the suit with, like... It was just, like, trash all over the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, he's he's wearing the
3: leaked suit. Yeah. As a way to demonstrate. Was, he was wearing this, yeah. like, his daily costume. So, yeah. So, the kind of stuff that like, he wore, he walked around Manhattan. He wanted to draw attention to it. Yeah. But he wanted to kind of make it fun. Okay. So, that's the kind of stuff that he does. Yeah. Um, he's kind of a barefoot guy. He wears Patagonia clothing. Like, he likes to have the most ethical and environmentally-minded products and eats the most environmentally friendly food that he can, mm-hmm. which is always evolving the more that he researches, which is... Right. I'm in kind of the same boat. I kind of found out about him a couple of years ago, and that's when he invited me on the trip just through talking about Patagonia clothing, because when he started to downsize, he got rid of a bunch of his stuff, and I was looking at the brand, we did a bit of a... Uh, Exchange, And then he asked me one day, do you ride bikes? And then it just took off from there. He said, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I do. So, yeah. And I met up with the group in Lancaster and off we went. Yeah. Yeah. Very so, cool. Yeah. And how
1: far in were they when you met them? They had ridden from New York.
3: Yeah, they had ridden from uh, Central Park, New York. And then I think so I flew in. Well, they left May 29th. And then I flew into um, LaGuardia June first, stayed the night, and June second I hopped on a bus and went to Lancaster. Okay. okay. And then they were there at a, at uh, someone's. I think they had a little ranch okay. that they stayed at. Yeah. So. Very
1: good. Amish country, right? Yeah. Did you, uh, you pass any tobacco carts on uh, your way out? Tobacco, sorry? Uh, tobacco carts. I know that's a big crop for I them. I a couple. I saw yeah. a few carts go by, yeah. I like the guys that are just like standing on the cart, like kind of free. Yeah. And then not leaning on anything, not strapped into anything. Yeah. They're just kind of surfing on the cart. Yeah, and not many. Leading a team of horses, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, not many, but I did see, see Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, so from Pennsylvania. Let's just recap the route real quick. You went from Pennsylvania. You ended up here. Uh, What other places did you go through?
3: We went through Ohio and then up through uh, Michigan. But we also went through the Upper uh, Peninsula, and from there, then we just went west. And we did uh, from there. We did the Northern Tier. Okay, the adventure cycling route. It goes
1: through like uh, well, Wisconsin, North Dakota, Mm -hmm. um, Montana. And then over Idaho and, and uh, Oregon and Washington. Yep. Very good.
3: Yeah, that's um
1: Did you come down the Columbia Gorge when you came here, or did you go through the uh, It's the Trans Am route that goes through? Um, kind of, uh, inlands, I just did whatever Oregon. Google Maps told me to do. <laughs> Okay, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. So. Nice. And yep. so did the, the group make it all the way across the country also, or did um, they terminate so there someplace were,
2: else?
3: There were kind of sections, like, everyone who wanted to do the trip went from Central Park to Seattle. Um I think it was Discovery Park is where we ended up. Oh, yeah. Uh, There were a few people who could only do portions of the trip. So if there's one guy, uh, Gray, he did probably like the first quarter and last quarter just because he had stuff that he had planned prior um, to the trip. And there's a few people who only wanted to go a certain distance anyways, whether it was just for a state. Um, Some people, what was really cool was uh, they actually found places to work. So there was a couple people, uh, one person actually stayed at a permaculture farm mm-hmm. and worked there for a few weeks after. And he stopped, realized how cool it was. I guess on this trip, we were all kind of, it was a bit of a transition for a lot of people. Um, and they wanted to kind of find something new in their life. Yeah. So one guy found a farm, another person also found a farm, um, one of my other co-riders co, co- uh, riders found a place in, in Minneapolis mm-hmm. and stayed there for a couple weeks, right? And then there's a few people who realized that it wasn't for them and just stopped, <laughs> right? But you don't know it until you try it. Like fuck it, I'm leasing a Hyundai. This is (laughs) not for me. Right. Like there's a lot of people who took too much weight. Yeah. And then they had to ship it home. Uh huh. And um, I definitely have a few things that I would have shipped, but I just said I'll just take it with me. Sure. And just keep going, do the work, and make it work. Yeah.
2: So you felt like you did pretty good as far as packing.
3: Yeah. So I've done preparations. I've done um my first ever tour. I did. I think it was two summers ago. In Newfoundland, we have, on the East Coast, we have, uh, I think it's like a 300-kilometer loop. Okay. Um, and it's called the Irish Loop, and there's actually a group who does it. They're called the Irish Loop Posse or something. Okay. And they do it in two days, but they do it supported. So they just gotcha. have their road bikes. They stay halfway and bike up the uh, last half. And how long did you say it was? Uh, about 300 kilometers, okay. I think. And that makes, um, in miles, that's like even 200 or something like 200. that yeah, I'm, I'm not even sure
1: i say it's okay i'm no. bad with kilometers yeah okay uh, yeah. i'm
3: bad with miles right 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 so um so my first trip i had like a specialized hard rock from like 2006 like it's uh-huh. a pretty hefty mountain bike yeah It was my first nice bike yeah specialized is your brand it seems like it, it seems yeah. yeah it seems like that i like the stuff that they put out yeah uh i like a lot of the riders that they have as well but um Uh, See, I had the the front and rear uh, racks full of panniers. I had the handlebar bag, and I had this big dry bag sitting on the back of the rear rack. And Uh it came up to like 112 pounds.
2: Oh, oh, wow.
3: (laughs) It was my first tour. The the gear that I had, I had to like loan from people, or it was like some older gear that was heavy. And I thought, well, I don't want to spend too much because if I might not enjoy it, then I have all this gear that I don't know what to do with. So I kind of used the gear I had which that's really important to know because there's a bunch of products out there that you can definitely buy mm-hmm. but for a bike tour like there's one guy on this trip he started off on a fat bike with uh an internal hub and he just couldn't get up over the hills and he traded it for a hybrid uh-huh. got some milk crates with some dry bags and that was it just put something together on the And road. he finished the tour yeah right that's great and so you can tour on anything right right
1: uh, are you familiar with tom allen heard of uh he's uh he's from england uh spends a lot of time traveling the world but he had a whole uh, project he put together are you familiar with him Uh, he was the author of Janapar, and he made a film um, kind of about his world tour his uh, bike tour and the way that things worked out for him he was he wanted to prove that you could like basically bike tour for no money,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so he found like an old loaner bike that somebody had sitting around. Uh, you know, looked in, looked in dumpsters, looked uh, in <clears throat> bike shops for cheap parts, um, just like trying to figure out. I think he want to I want to say he put together for like 35 pounds, which is a little more than 35 U.S. dollars, but mm-hmm. like not much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put together a full touring kit. That's you know, they had was fully functional. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and so it was what Lands End to John O'Groats, which is I want to say south to north along the british isles um but the hashtag was free le jog which was the <laughs> l-e-g-a-o-g uh the the lands and john of groats and it was free so well, yeah so you can buy tour on anything
3: yeah so i had done that trip in five and a half days uh because it was my first tour and there's a lot of hills yeah. and, like steep short hills uh uh-huh. um and then i did an overnight uh to a little island uh, just a few minutes away from my parents' house. I just did it overnight there. And yeah. then uh, on a similar, I think I kind of took off the front panniers and just had rear ones and okay. a power bag. Yeah. Uh, but my kind of last tour before this one, I wanted to test ride my rig that I had for this trip. Your new setup. And there's no rear panniers on that one? No rear panniers. No, no back uh, rack? No back rack at all. It didn't come with one. It came with the front rack. Yeah. And I learned that... Through just research and stuff, they said that the Wall likes the weight up front. Uh-huh. When uh, they did the Transcontinental with that bike, they had a rear rack, but they just had something like a dry bag kind of stacked on it. Uh-huh. But they uh, they had the low rider racks and just loaded that up, and okay. off they went. Yeah. Uh, so I really like the fact that it came with a front rack but also the platform on top. Which right. is why i got a similar one when the old one broke. Okay, yeah. Because when I, commu- I I use kind of the one bike for all. Right. Except in the winter, I I use my old uh, hard rock and just put on like put on like uh, a two point five inch tires. Okay. Low pressure, big and fat go. tires, not yeah. a lot of
1: tire pressure. You just kind of grip the snow a little bit. Yep. Yeah. That sort of thing, snow or ice or what have you.
3: Yeah, yeah. Nice. But um, but yeah, so um, my my. Rig has definitely changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably took. I have this red dry bag with like emergency gear mm-hmm. that I really didn't need, uh-huh. and then I have an extra sweater. Well, so what what emergency stuff don't you need? Is it just that you
1: didn't use it on this trip? It's just you that you I didn't you don't use really it. need to bring it.
3: Um, like I definitely brought a first aid kit, and I bought a um, kind of one of those emergency blankets, like the reflective ones. I also brought like. Um, kind of two extra gear and brake cables. Okay. Trailer hanger, brake pads, which I use the brake pads. Yeah. But kind of stuff like that. Um, I brought kind of the this USB-charged hand warmer that just never worked. <laughs> Didn't need it. It sounds like a good idea in theory, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. Why would you not? But yeah. And then I it's brought... It's like an electric blanket for your hands. <laughs> yeah. Powered by USB. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what else was it? I think I brought like a an extra sweater that i felt like if i wore a sweater at night i have another sweater that i could use as a pillow But i realized i have all these dry bags full of stuff that i could use yeah um and i brought like this really big cook set that has like it's like an msr alpine kit it's two pots with a lid and now i have this little like little cup that i bought at rei because I felt like I had this huge pot that I filled with a little bit of food, mm-hmm. so I just opted to get a little cup that's off the yeah. bag okay, now. I see it there, yeah. That's what I've been using now, and it's much more portable, fits right on top of my little stove. And there you go.
1: Which stove do you have
3: here? Uh, it's just a it's a, it's a, it's a company called Primus. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend actually had the same model, and I used that on my first tour and uh, it's small it was $21 so i figured i would buy the same one and i had i've had no issues with it nice i might see if i can possibly do kind of a little alcohol stove mm-hmm. cuz i've learned that the propane and butane fuel mix is kind of hard to find if you're not in a in a city yeah uh, or in a place where p- people normally camp so right. there was a period on the first part of the trip where I was just eating cold food, raw food, just wraps. Because you were out of, like, fuel? Yeah, so um, I might do, like, an alcohol mix because you can pick that up anywhere. Sure.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it is interesting how, like, there's a lot of great camping gear out there, but a lot of it is kind of built, like, fuel specifically kind of built for either if you're in the city or if you're in a place where city folk like to go camping. But if you're in, like, the real world, which I suspect, outside of that. Then you have uh, you have issues finding fuel. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you the story about when we were on our backpacking trip and we had uh, we had a spare canister that was kind of like uh, it was the same shape as that, but it was Coleman brand. Oh yeah. And Coleman has issues ah. with non-Coleman stoves. Oh. So we thought we had all the <clears throat> fuel for our backpacking trip, and it turned out we did not so uh i ended up like offering a guy like 20 bucks for one of those smaller canisters mm-hmm. just like you got any fuel i'll pay you whatever you want <laughs> so yeah, yeah. worked out okay in the end <laughs> yeah but uh yeah
3: that okay. or i just use like a fire but right. you couldn't really do it on that on the west coast because there's a lot of uh, dryness now i guess with the there's a lot of uh, forest fires happening up yeah. in bc and montana this so i of kind of, of put the ban on it and so. today
1: like we got all this it seems like it's kind of like clearing off, off a little yeah. bit yeah i feel like it's clearer now than it was this morning yeah and there's a bit more of a breeze now than there was this morning but yeah definitely. all that fire smoke is just kind of hanging over the city here today so yeah yeah it's a little volatile and then if you're in a city you can't make a fire so yeah
3: so an alcohol stove would be good yeah yeah definitely yeah but that's just like one more thing i want to just look into right yeah. uh
1: i know a lot of people build their own alcohol stove setups. yeah it's that like, that's like something a you soup can yeah
3: yeah. Nice. So there was a couple of people on this trip that did that, and, uh, I just used the gear that I had, but when I get home, home, I haven't been home, home in, like, a three and a half months. Yeah, or where, it, where is home now? Uh, I'm home full. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, it, it was a weird transition because I graduated, and then I hopped on this trip, and, like, I still have a job, which is cool. My, uh-huh. uh... Employer uh, let me go on this trip because she realized how important it was. Yeah. Uh, so, what line I, of work are you in? I'm in uh, science e- education. Okay. So, while I was doing my bachelor of science, um, I did it in environmental geology, uh, which was a pretty cool stream. Um, there was a place called the Johnson Geo Center. Um, it's kind of near the downtown area of St. John's, and um, it's built into the bedrock, and they talk a lot about geology um, as well. Uh, Newfoundland was the um, kind of really close to the area where the Titanic went down. Oh, so sure. I do some lectures and a tour there on the Titanic. But um, yeah, on weekends normally I'm doing birthday parties for kids, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's based around geology, fossils, astronomy space and stuff like that so i really really like it because i'm actually going to be starting a bachelor of education uh next may nice coming and it's i've definitely learned that education is something that i really want to hone in on yeah um so i do that on weekends i do sleepovers around like the same themes so uh, i still have that job when i go back nice Um, i love that whole we've got a science center here i don't know if you've
1: heard about it i think i might have yeah oh the oregon museum of science and industry and they have a lot of events like that. Kind I love the sleepover idea that yeah, you're yeah. just like going to take like a you know like a one night event where mm-hmm. I'm a kid. I'm going to go to the science center and I'm yeah. going to watch things explode or, or yeah. whatever.
3: And it's like you learn through play, which yeah. I think is yeah. super important, and it's not really uh, done en- enough in uh, schools. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's uh, it's the kind of learning that's not book learning,
1: but it, yeah. But it sticks. Yeah. Yeah. It works. It's good for it's good for people. Yeah yeah um can we ask a little bit uh drew mentioned that you did a little bit of dumpster diving while you were absolutely out. so dumpster diving for anybody who doesn't know how do you define it so basically
3: um if someone says what is that what is it so <coughs> basically uh i'll explain why we do it there you go um so that would be the next question for most people yeah so in the states and a lot like in canada too there's mm-hmm. a huge a food waste issue yeah so Uh, Normally, it's through either uh, wanting to have a product look as nice as possible. So uh, bringing up the topic of ugly fruit, Uh a carrot that might look a bit oblong or just a different shape or a different color. That's not carrot shaped. Yeah, or like (laughs) just just fruits and vegetables that don't look like the stereotype are perfectly good to eat. But nobody wants to buy them. Uh Or grocery stores don't want to buy them because they don't look pleasing. So right from the farm... There's a lot of food that's wasted. Yeah. Like a mom is like, here, eat this apple. And the kid's like, no, it looks like it has a butt. Yeah. So, yeah. Right? So, uh, but it's a a distribution issue. So, you, when a grocery store orders food, they put it on the shelf. And then when they get a new a shipment, which is usually pre-ordered, when they get the freshest product in, the old stuff has to go, regardless okay. if it's... Not because it's bad. Not because it's... Yeah. So, the big thing is uh, best buy dates. It's not... So... After a certain date, obviously food does go bad, mm-hmm. but these are best before. So you sure. can have a pie. That doesn't mean like bad by. Yeah. It's probably not at its like peak freshness, but yeah. it's still
1: nutritious and perfectly good to eat. Yeah. It, some of them are like enjoy by or yeah. consume by yeah. or, or uh, I don't know. Have you, I feel like there's another one out there, mm-hmm. but
3: yeah. But uh, So what we would do, um, we would go before we went into the front of the store, we would check around back first. To go if they 're locked, we don 't really mess with it mm-hmm. um, if it 's trespass yeah and if it 's behind really big <laughs> gates we don 't do it uh-huh. uh, but if it 's open yeah and there 's no one around, then we go and we look and uh, you can you can either dive right in you uh-huh. can jump in i 've done that yes i 've just kind of peeked through and just gone to the top surface, moved boxes to find the stuff below uh-huh. I remember in Ohio we found perfectly good peppers and tomatoes cucumbers. We found cold watermelon. Mm-hmm. As cold, well. cold, as in like it. They had just taken they it, had it just off. Just taking it out. Uh, so yeah. we would take enough for us. Mm-hmm. We would take pictures of it, put it up on uh, a social media, just to kind of. Part of it is we wanted to do this trip as environmentally friendly <coughs> as possible, but also bring attention to a lot of the issues, uh, like, a food waste and f- uh, food. Deserts as well, so right. not being able to buy local produce because it has to be uh, shipped in from other states or different right. countries. And generally, just like by the economics,
1: it seems like all the stuff that you're buying in bulk from somewhere else is usually a bit more cost effective for the store than yeah. local produce because local produce you have to pay like a fair wage, I guess.
3: Yeah, so. yeah. And I know, for example, Rob has found cheese from like Europe. I uh-huh. traveled all the way here. And then... <laughs> and then was thrown go- away. ...was thrown away.
1: I threw it in the trash. Right.
3: So, like, there's that issue. So, yeah. um, Rob is a very... Uh, he likes numbers. Mm-hmm. I think probably the top three questions are, what do you think the average of this, or the stats, <laughs> or, like, how much, or uh, what do you think, like, it's all numbers for him. You're so, going to get a lot of those questions. Yeah. So, we uh, rescued about 5,000 pounds of food from dumpsters. Wow. Wow. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Over 80 days. Yeah. so wait doing the math I feel like I'm
1: like Rob
2: uh, <laughs> it's a lot of divided food. by 80 that's
1: uh, yeah that's a lot yeah you found a lot of food every a day. lot yeah, yeah.
3: And, but we would only take what we needed mm-hmm. and anything that we didn't need we just put back because then we would be I don't know taking and it. well A we would be taking too much food that mm-hmm. we have to carry right but then people do on like they do it on their own time other people do this other people yeah. do it so you know we don't want to take food from other people right um and yeah, take what you need take what Yeah. T- and there was times where we were taking out so much because you we were so excited but i was i had to say hey what can we <laughs> actually take you're not going to eat this much european cheese right yeah. so we would have to be very conservative about what we took yeah a lot of it was you know packaged and processed but i found peppers from canada sure right like local peppers but from canada oh, oh wait wait uh, i see yes
1: yeah canadian peppers in america yeah thrown away, thrown away. and that makes you mad <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: makes it makes sense man yeah, yeah it's it's ridiculous because like we get apples from the states mm-hmm. in newfoundland but then you guys have peppers from canada right right so it's like you just throw them away yeah i didn't i that's good because peppers have lots of water and oh, there's sure. definitely periods of time where they're crisp they're tasty yeah and i want to get some water They so. could be spicy they can be spicy. Yeah. I didn't have any of those because okay. I'm not a very spicy person. Sure, you're talking like bell peppers, bell, like bell yeah, peppers, real is, nice mild
1: ones. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Was yeah. that MGMT song the
2: Control yourself? <laughs> take only what you need from it. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like good outro music. Yeah. <laughs> like podcast. I get the licensing for it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, um, did you uh, did you encounter anybody while you were doing? Like, did anybody show
3: up and like they have like a bag of trash in their hand while you're in their dumpster? Um, not that particular thing, but when we were going through, I think it was either Pennsylvania or Ohio, um, or even the even lower uh, peninsula in Michigan, um, I think what happened was, because we don't really ride together the group all the time. Okay, it, like you'll crash it, out together at night at the same place or something? Yeah, so kind of every other night we would crash together at like a warm shower host or someone who, through social media, found out about the trip and just wanted to host us. Yeah. Mm-hmm um but because of different paces and whether you get up early or later we kind of have our little pockets so one group went to a grocery store and kind of hopped in and then the people who were working there said hey got to get out like you're trespassing so then so then they left but then they the people at the store called the cops ah. we weren't aware of this because <laughs> there was a bit of a, a communication error uh-huh. we went and as soon as we hopped in cops pull up but um there's kind of two ways that you can do that you can be the aggressive person yell and scream and ball, and then get arrested this is my right to right. take this food uh we as as they said hop out okay and we hopped out <laughs> all right. and then we sat over with the rest of the food that <laughs> which was taken from the dumpster but they didn't have to know that mm-hmm. it was just in boxes um like we could have all bought that sure and we were just hanging out in the back, enjoying a cold watermelon. Yeah. And the cops were really cool about it. They just like took our IDs, filled out a report. Literally, they were just doing it to please their boss. Like they had to. But we told them about what we were what we were doing. They're like, "Yeah, just don't go back here again." Makes sense to me. Yeah. And then they <laughs> just took off. Don't fuck with these guys. They're they're testing. Yeah, they were yeah. super humble. They like <laughs> really cool. they they really kind of got what we were doing. Yeah. Um, they probably wouldn't do do it themselves. Sure. But, um, it's hard to get away with that in uniform definitely (laughs) but no they were really like civil understanding and then we just left that's cool right we didn't want to like kick up a stink right 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 yeah
2: yeah
1: what are your thoughts on on all that because again there's like there's all these really weird disparities in the world where there's too much food in one place there's not enough food in another uh
3: what how, how do you think about that I just think that people need to get their act together. Yeah. Really, because if you think about it, um, grocery stores are in it to make money. Mm-hmm. They could do they could do hardware. They could do sporting goods, but they know that there's money in food, right? So that's what they're trying to do is just make money. But for them, um, they don't want to order too much food because then more will go to waste. Yeah. So it's having to figure out a way that you can order... The food that you need, but not too much that you would waste it. Mm-hmm. And then places need to realize that local food is very important because having to get stuff shipped is also very costly. Yeah, And also, if people know where their food comes from, they're more inclined to eat it and support that type of infrastructure. Sure. So, um, I know in Newfoundland specifically, uh, we ship in about 90% of our food. That 10%. Is locally grown, um, but it can be kind of expensive because we don't have many people there doing it as much as we should. Um, So you can definitely draw up kind of lower prices by having more people do it. But um, there's also a big health factor too. So part of me on this, one of the things that I want to learn on this trip was to see where food came from and if people knew their farmers and kind of what food that they did eat um, and knowing that Newfoundland again with the the amount of food that we bring in we're we are a food desert mm-hmm. um, and uh, more people should be trying to grow their own food yeah. in Newfoundland I know people who look at permaculture I uh, know there's this one couple uh, that I follow on YouTube uh, they live in Arizona which is a pretty like dry place Very and they're much getting so. ready to, to grow uh, fruit trees uh huh through type of a different type of um, irrigation system that use uses rainwater catchment goes to these big ballast tanks which go out to where their crops are. In the next few years, you're going to have a plentiful garden full of like and like orchard yeah. in a dry climate. Totally. So you can definitely grow certain things in certain places. Oranges in the desert. Yeah. Right. They're like we have science. And technology to be able to help us, and we yeah. need to start using that. So, I think you know, profit should be important because people need to make money to do things, but it shouldn't be a first, like, I guess, the first thing on their mind. Yeah, you're providing food to people to eat, All right. right? This, we'll this should get.
1: be like a service as opposed to a business, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, we need like uh, uh, what would it be like, like whole government or or uh, new seasons uh, of of Dispensation, or I don't know, like the, the ministry of, of nutrition, <laughs> something yeah, it's something just, like that. It,
3: it, as extreme as it is, uh, t- t- to say it needs to be overhauled completely, mm-hmm. yeah, because we definitely have the tools that we need, yeah, but it's just how it's implemented need, needs to be changed,
1: right? Yeah, so. um, did you have any guilty pleasures while dumpster diving? Anything that Maybe it wasn't healthy, but you were still excited to find it. Any
3: any chocolate bars? Okay. Um, usually when I'm home, I'm fairly like, I follow more of a, a plant-based diet. Uh-huh. Um, I realized coming on this trip that I might have to put that on the back burner. Sure. I mean, chocolate comes from plants, right? <laughs> Cocoa beans. <laughs> yeah. I think, and then there's the whole dairy side and the packaging. but Right. Um, I realized that going into this, that I would probably have to do that um, for, A, calories. Yeah because i need to be able to bike mm-hmm. a certain number of miles in a day yeah and um if i can't find food then I'm o- i won't be able to do it so when i go home i'm definitely going to adjust things back to what i would normally do but for this trip just um i guess ethically the food is going to be thrown out so you might as well just take advantage of it sure yeah it's fair enough
2: yeah you don't eat meat though
3: I so my real ethic when it comes to that is that if someone offers me something, um, I would rather take it from them and not upset them. You're not an asshole about it. Yeah, it's kind of uh, a situational ethics. Right. Because right? we've
1: all met e- angry vegans. I think. That I've I like, yeah, I've like, met them as you know, well. Screw <laughs> you! I can't believe you would give me a hamburger. And uh, and it sounds like your position is more like, hey, a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah.
3: it's definitely food. Um, right. But, yeah, no, uh, I've had hosts, they make a big pile of spaghetti which has beef in it. Right. And I have to, like, really sit there and, like, do I want to eat this? I'm like, well, I'm hungry. Uh huh. And, but I and always. They're trying to be generous and they're, based on what they know about the world. Yeah, and yeah. they're going out of their way to yeah. give us food. Right. Like, that's an amazing treat. Like, I didn't For expect sure. that. But I always give appreciation to whatever food I eat, whether it's an animal or not. Yeah. Right. Regardless of what it is, right. the cider. Thank you. Thanks for the nutrition, yeah.
1: Reverend Nat knows what he's up to. Yeah, definitely. How, how's the cider, by the it's way? It's really good. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, they, they do a good thing, and I, I'm, I'm not sure how many ciders you've had, but I feel like that one is, uh, it's not super dry, but it's also not yeah, like it's overly, cloyingly sweet. Yeah, 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 it's a
3: nice little, like, nice balance. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I think the guy, there was an interview with, uh, it was on Fun Employment Radio, um, they talked to the guy from Reverend Nat's, and uh, he is actually kind of a beer fan. And so he makes cider the way that most people make beer. Like it's got like his making process involves a lot of yeast, and Interesting. Like it's 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 kind of like a beer made of apples, I guess.
3: So cool. yeah. All right. So anyways. Yeah. No, I've I've done the whole beer thing. I don't know. <laughs> not your it, thing. It's not my thing. I tried not, it.
1: You're not like a gluten intolerant or no, anything like that. It's no. just like you don't care for beer. It's
3: like the only thing that I know that I can't really eat. Yeah. Through or a just, through through just like tests. And stuff. <laughs> A pineapple and yet, kiwi. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, because it makes my tongue feel weird. Oh, but, gotcha. But okay. Besides that, like I'll eat anything.
1: Right. So kiwi fruit, like it gives you the same thing as
3: pineapple. Yeah. We've got a similar. Yeah. Thing. It I, to me yeah like, I, my lips will swell. Yeah, I don't know uh, what it is, but I just all right can't eat that. Cool. Right. Yeah. So is that uh, are they in the
1: same family? Because I feel like the core know. of a kiwi fruit is like the same as the core of a pi- like the same as a pineapple. Like it's got the same texture and the same. Yeah, structure. I know what you mean. Yeah, and it wants your tongue to die. Yeah. So. Yeah, more research is needed. <laughs> <That's> right, <exactly. laughs> well, I'll, I'll see Hold if some. I can continue. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have any questions
2: about the tour? You mentioned like uh, wanting to know where your food is coming from. Yeah. Um, were there any places along the way that you were really impressed with? Like you felt like maybe a local community was doing it really well. Or yeah, something like that.
3: Um, so we were going through uh, Youngstown, Ohio, and they used to have a lot of industry there, and since that industry kind of died or migrated towards other areas. Um, there's a lot of like abandoned homes mm-hmm. and abandoned lots. So just through education, they realized that like food is really important. So they would take abandoned lots. And turn them into greenhouses, oh, so like urban gardens. So we actually got to work on uh, one garden called Unabandoned, uh-huh. um, just down the road from our host's house. And is, is
1: this guerrilla style, or is this like city-sponsored?
3: Um, I think they... I can't remember specifically. Because um, I like both. I think it might be a combination of both. They may yeah. have like rented out the land or bought the land from, sure. from the town, and then used it... But, um, yeah, they're definitely growing like, a lot of really good food. We help them build like, a hoop house and move a lot of old um, weeds and stuff out of the way. When you have a lot of people doing a job, yeah. it, does, it goes by really quickly. Totally. But um, because of our presence there, there was a lot of people that came out of their home that wouldn't normally do anything with regards to farming or, or gardening, that wanted to be involved. Hmm. So since we've left, they produce a lot more gardens, and people want to get involved. Um, there's that, and in um, Minneapolis, um, there was there's a lot of uh, people from away who live in that city because it's a really big, uh, I guess, a metropolitan area with a lot of people from a bunch of different countries. So there's one. Um, place called i think it's called little earth okay and it's basically um a neapolitan of a bunch of people from around the world that, that live there but they've really kind of partnered with the um first nations that live on the a reservation around yeah the area and they've come together to produce really big gardens mm-hmm. so there's a lot of uh urban gardens in, the, in that area that we um we weeded we worked on we planted stuff so yeah um i think in like the urban areas it's starting to pick up a lot more interesting um but yeah <laughs> no but for food deserts though man north dakota Montana, uh-huh. yeah yeah really really dry yeah yeah and if it's and if you're growing anything it's like a lot of crops like corn and wheat
1: sure right yeah
2: and, those major yeah staples yeah
1: I know that oil is a big business in North Dakota right now as well. Um, how was the how was the bicycling as you went through those areas? Um, I
3: never saw a whole lot of it. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what the machines are called. That yeah. I don't, they like
1: the big arm with the thing that goes
3: up and yeah, down? Yeah. I was going through like the Badlands area, and I saw a bunch of those. I think I took like a dirt road that. <coughs> Wasn't really on the ACA route, uh-huh. but for some reason I took it. I was calling I, your name. Yeah, I had to like take all the bags off my bike and throw it over a barbed wire fence. Oh, there you and go. I'm, like, Doing you know, it right. And there was a there was a, apparently in the path used to keep going, <laughs> but then there's a farm there now, and uh-huh. I found a paved road and took off from there. But no, I saw a lot of those kind of I guess off the main stretch where you wouldn't normally see it. Yeah, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Are they trying to hide it or not? I don't know. (laughs) Sure. Conspiracies. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I don't know
1: if you've noticed this, but sometimes when you go through, like, national forests, um, the National Forest Service in America is administered by the uh, Department of Agriculture. Okay. So it's basically that they're, like, running this big tree farm. And so um, in the places where they want it to be beautiful, they leave these trees standing next to the highway. But they also cut down significant portions of the forest, you know, over time for timber sales. And so... Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) i've always noticed like the places where they're expecting people to drive by they will leave the trees standing and the places where it's more like just forest roads you go out and suddenly it's like the the land is naked and torn up and just like gross so yeah giving you the illusion right yeah right so yeah so (laughs) maybe they're trying to hide the oil rigs who knows (laughs) maybe Yeah, yeah um yeah so you're gonna take a train for the first time coming up soon yeah going to vancouver
3: yeah, so I'm going to be going from here back to Seattle by the train, and then I have a friend in Chilliwack that I'm going to stay oh, yeah. with it for a couple of days.
1: We had family friends growing up in Chilliwack. Yeah? yeah I've like- never
3: been there. Well, I say I've never been there, but if I, uh, I was in BC when I was like four or five years old. Right. So I can't remember it, so I wasn't there. Gotcha. So I'm going to go stay in Chilliwack for a night or two, and then I have a friend who I met like seven years ago in a... At a enrichment program called Encounters with Canada, it was like a high school program. Uh So a bunch of people from across Canada, in their like high school years, met in Ottawa for a week. So I met her through that, and uh, she's willing to host me the entire time. Super cool. So she's going to tell me some cool restaurants and stuff like that. So I really wanted to see Vancouver because there's a lot of like alternative thinking yeah they're compared to a place like newfoundland where there's a lot of backwards thinking uh-huh uh newfoundland right now at least in st john's is going through um they're going through a city uh election right now okay there's a lot of young up-and-coming people male and female that uh-huh. are kind of um have a lot of really good things that they want to do in okay. the city yeah um
1: like the the new subversives or something
3: well, it's just like they realized that bike infrastructure is really, really important. Like this, we should do this. It's a good yeah. idea. Um, and so like uh, talking about that, talking about kind of like property taxes and not trying to take as much money from people as possible. and uh, But also kind of what my plan was uh, besides learning where uh, people's food came from, I wanted to see bike infrastructure across the states. Ohio has bike lanes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. Yeah. And then um, uh, coming from a small city like St. John's, and then going right into uh, New York, yeah. yeah, it was a sensory overload. Blows your but, mind. Like, the amount of like bike in infrastructure, uh, in infrastructure that they had. Minneapolis was great. Uh, Portland and Seattle are both phenomenal. Portland was, I, I think, out of all the places I've been biking, I've never been safer. Than I, have, than I am here in oh really uh, portland yeah that's good news not everybody thinks that so I'm, I'm glad to hear it well like we have a critical mass ride every month and not a lot of people come out for it because um well a we we don't really have the bike infrastructure which is partly why we're trying to get people out sure it's also a very hilly place so yeah. it's a little bit
2: <laughs> tough
3: to ride but uh people are doing it but i asked someone is there a critical mass ride here in Portland? Someone Mm kind of said, kind of don't need one anymore. Uh Which I kind of, I thought of as I was (laughs) about to ask. I was like, they probably don't need one, but I'll ask. It's (laughs) obsolete. Because that's one, because that's one thing that I I wanted to do while I was here is do a a critical mass ride. Because, I would assume it would be pretty big. Are you around for,
1: uh, you're leaving before Thursday night, right? Uh, I leave the 31st, so. On Thursday, yeah, Thursday, Thursday night. night. Yeah, okay. Like in the afternoon, actually. Yeah, because I was, was going to say the Thursday night ride is kind of a, like, it's not critical mass, but it's definitely a huge crowd of people that all want to ride in the streets together. Really? Wow. And that happens every Thursday. Oh, uh, cool. So that, that's definitely there. Wow. And, I mean, yeah, as far as organized rides, I can't think of one. I wish I could organize one
3: for you now, but, yeah, yeah. I,
1: there's there's a lot of events that happen, so. Yeah, I've
3: gone on, like, yeah. the Portland bike site, and there's just a bunch of stuff, and then you guys have your calendar thing as well. Oh, right. Yeah, so i definitely heard about, about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. A lot of it's like, let's get up at 4 a.m. and go for, like, a 100-mile ride. I'm like, <laughs> I just went across the state. <laughs> this is what Brock hosts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, I think when I go up to Vancouver as well, I'm going to kind of just see what's up there. Yeah. I might do a little ride because the thing about the AWOL that's super cool is that I can unpack it, and it's 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 still a bit of, like, a heavy bike because it's, uh-huh. it's steel. It's, it's made, steel, right. But it can go. Yeah. It's a really fast bike.
1: Yeah. You got 35-centimeter tires on that? 42. 42. Yeah. They, look, they look nice. Yeah. They sure. look like 35s
3: they're a nice tire yeah. uh i definitely have to replace them when i go home because get, they're have getting like, up to it yeah yeah but no they're they're a wicked like tire
1: totally i love it and it's not they're, they're not quite like slick or flat but they're definitely not knobbies either it's kind of like enough tread to get you through what you need yeah definitely yeah. yeah
3: i had like uh the bike came with a 42 i think it was a 42c um slick tire okay which was great Well, I knew that I wanted to do a lot of, like, off-road stuff on that bike. And to beef it up just a little bit. So I got the Specialized Sawtooth. I wanted the tan walls, Uh but the shop didn't have them.
1: Tan walls are classy.
3: Yeah, because tan walls came on the bike when I got it. Yeah.
1: Well, you don't have to, like, wash them as much as white walls either. Yeah. They look good for longer. I don't mind (laughs) They're
3: Actually, the bike... Like, probably the cleanest it's ever been. Yeah, yeah.
1: congratulations. Thanks. Did you spend yeah. some time yesterday or the day before? Uh, it was like, yeah,
3: I, I took a bucket and soap yeah. and just... It's like it. a toothbrush and a rag and yeah. you just go for it. you bet.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, people people would yell at me if I didn't ask the questions about the data. So, uh, do you know your total mileage um, or kilometrage?
3: I think, so from, um, from Manhattan to Seattle was about... 3,700 miles. Okay. So I've probably done, like, just through the trip down here from Seattle and then, like, going around the city, um, I've probably done close to 4,000 miles. Okay. Nice. Um, and that's with the one set of tires. Yeah. As well. I'm not it's bad. I've had four... I've had five flats. Four were punctures. I don't use a gauge on my pump I'm more of like the squeeze test like uh-huh. oh, yeah, that's, that's good and, yep. it's, and it's always done me well holds there the first time I used a gauge my, my tube just blew, blew up just blew up okay oh well, yeah I if it
2: was wrong it's something.
3: between a 60 and 80 PSI I put 70 and weird so I don't know if it was a faulty tube or not but so it remember? goes yeah yeah so uh, but for mileage kind of my, my average mileage um between 40 and 80 miles a day okay yeah um, widely
1: variable depending on what you're doing that yeah
3: day. there was definitely days where i was in a place that i really want to hang out for a bit so i would probably stay around probably do like 20 miles around maybe go to like the outskirts of town but then because we were kind of more of a organized ride you had to be at a certain place at a certain time right so there was you five, do have an itinerary. Yeah, there, have was, a there was five times in this trip where I did, like, at least 100 miles a day. Just catching up, just, like, making it happen. Yeah, but then, um... But, see, I I think with the trip itself, there were a lot of people who were on the ride who weren't actual bikers. Uh-huh. Whereas I did a few tours, I commute back home, um, I do training rides. You're, uh, you're familiar with
1: your bike. Yeah, yeah.
3: so, um... But I knew that like the the heart condition and the one lung might like keep me back a bit, but it really didn't. Yeah, and apparently not. I put I have a set of drop uh, not drop I have drop bars on that bike, uh, but I also have arrow bars. Oh yeah, because I want to take a lot of the pressure off my wrist.
1: Sure, did that work out well for you? Oh man, uh huh. Oh, smooth. Like, it was like luxury. So nice. Yeah,
3: and um, and when
1: you're doing that amount of mileage, I can see how that would be nice. Yeah, It would work, especially if you're on like long flat stretches, like through the plains or something like that. Definitely. Just, like, Going to cruise for a while. Yeah. Take it easy.
3: Well, part of it, um, I learned a lot of packing stuff through bike packers uh-huh. and uh, kind of people doing the Trans Am race. Mm-hmm. Um, Did
1: you encounter some of those guys?
3: I didn't encounter those guys. Yeah, ladies. Uh, no, I wanted to, well, I, th- I think in the next couple of years. I'm going to put my kind of name in the hat just to to do the race. You get yourself Um, up to 200
1: miles a day and just be ready for it.
3: Because I really think if I pack lighter and uh, if I have like proper, I'll say proper nutrition, but... Uh, a lot of that just goes out the window. Uh-huh. Like, I see people just, like... Well, and proper getting, nutrition turns into standard <laughs> nutrition, which yeah, will still yeah. keep you alive. It's kind of so. like, like... Pizza while riding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um...
1: Who is that? There's, like, an ultra-marathoner who, like, yeah, orders yeah, a whole yeah, pizza, yeah, has yeah, it delivered yeah. to him while he's running his while marathon. Running. Wow. Yeah, and just, like, eats the pizza as he goes. So, well, like, I
3: think... It's always a possibility. I think people like Mike Hall and Lael Wilcox yeah. both, like, as the documentary says, inspired to ride. They've Indeed. inspired me just to go pack a little bit lighter sure go a little bit faster but also make it um like it's definitely a race like mm-hmm. the trans am but do it to enjoy it rather than just make it a supper fest like
1: and you can tell that when you like when you watch the documentary inspired to ride, yeah. you can tell that everybody involved with that like if they're not doing it for fun then yeah. they're out like no, they stop there's no prize money uh exactly there's no glory at the end yeah, yeah, yeah there's just, no support yeah. Uh, you're out there on your own doing it for your own reasons and like everybody who finishes that race, they do it cause they like doing it right. and there's nothing better than that.
3: And I think as someone with a, with a kind of a rare heart and lung condition to be able to even attempt the Trans Am, yeah. I think would be pretty cool. Yeah, for think, sure. I think, I think part of the reason why I want to do stuff like this is that there's definitely people out there who either, uh, want to do it. But they have a huge list of ex- uh, reasons as to why they can't. You're going to say excuses. Excuses for some people, that's all yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but part of it is, I couldn't find the time to do this. I could be home working. You got real life. I, yeah, like life definitely takes over. So yeah. you can never find the time. And you there's can been make a, the time. Make the time exactly. Uh-huh someone said i can't do that i'm like yeah i couldn't do this either i couldn't find the time i had to make the time and i kind of saw their head tilt like yeah oh yeah (laughs) so um and the fact that i have again like a medical condition which you know breathing Mm -hmm. is super important and having half the capacity
1: yeah yeah did you ever
3: find like did that
1: ever present itself as a problem while you were out never no
3: Um, Because I've been biking as frequently as I have been, I've had pulmonary function tests Uh back home. And my first one that I ever had before I started biking was average, nothing super special. Uh After two and a half years of biking, they're like, whoa, what are you doing? (laughs) Like your lung capacity, efficiency, everything is just better. Yeah. So after 4,000 miles, Uh um, I actually have an appointment um, October 17th. That's part of the reason why I'm going home when a little you get bit home. earlier. because yeah. um, I was actually going to extend this trip, but financially I probably couldn't keep going. But sure, I really do miss home. But um, that's the appointment that I really can't miss. Right. And I'm really excited to see how I do. Yeah. So. Um,
1: I, I bet you'll do well. Like you'll show up. You have to get back to us with the numbers on that one. Absolutely. Right? Yeah.
3: I'm yeah. really really excited. Um, but yeah, no. But seeing people like again, Mike Hall do it in such a humble way mm-hmm. where. He doesn't go right off the start line and then doesn't see anybody. He waits back and then passes by people and says hi. And then Leo Wilcox, like, someone who bikes from their house to the start of the race. Yeah. And then does the race, and then tours a bit after. Right. She's a monster. Yep. Did you right. hear
1: about her project to go and ride every road in Alaska?
3: No. Yeah. Uh, I think she's doing that now. Yeah, she's. I in the see middle a lot of, of her Instagram posts and totally. She's yeah. That new uh, a diverge with the headshock and she's tearing it up. Yeah.
1: Apparently there uh, there aren't that many roads in Alaska, so it works out okay. But you know, it's still it's a there's a lot of mileage on that wow. project. And yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Totally. But
3: yeah, she did like. 500 and something miles in three or three and a half days. Yeah. On, like, probably a lot of, like, dirt and gravel roads.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, for your, for your, like, how many teeth do you have? Do you know your numbers for your gear ratio, or do you care? Uh, no. So some people I, do, some people don't. I,
3: I started off, so my cassette is 11 to 32. Um, when I was in Fargo, uh, I decided to replace my chain and my cassette just because it was... I I had um, I had someone test my chain. It was pretty stretched out, so I thought before I reach uh, Glacier National Park in the, the Cascades, in a place where there aren't as frequent bike shops, um, I wanted to replace that. So I ended up getting an 11 to 34 uh-huh. uh, cassette, and um, I can't remember the. I know I have a 50 i can't remember what the middle chain ring is but i know that my bike came with a 30 okay and i opted out to get a 26 there you and that go.
1: saved my butt the climb make yeah. the climbs just a little bit easier yeah yeah so but yeah.
3: uh no i've looked at like one by systems but i think for the spread of gears mm-hmm. and having a lot of small increments especially for touring um i really wanted a nine through uh was it uh a three by nine setup okay um, yeah and then uh, nine
1: gears in back, three in front. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And uh, no, I, I was really happy with. Uh, again, it's like Shimano Sora and people who bash kind of like entry level uh, components. Yeah, man, that Sora was so smooth. The they can bash themselves. It in, works out well the entire trip. So yeah. right now, I'm actually going to be upgrading the shifters to the new Sora because the way that the A wall is geared now, the cables go from the bars inwards say like towards the tires okay and i eventually want to put on either a handlebar bag or make myself a harness for a dry bag there you go do some uh bike packing stuff yeah and those cables get in the way yeah and i like sora that much because it's cheapest sure it's heavy but if it breaks you can easily replace it sure instead of like 105 or altegra or anything right it's a lot cheaper yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to get the new ones, and then, I don't know, I've been really happy with it.
1: Very good. Yeah. I uh, Just, we're not going to ask you to explain how to make your own bags now, but having made your own bags, uh, yeah. s- any brief tips you would give to somebody who wants to do that
3: themselves? Uh Measure multiple times. <laughs> like, multiple. Like, I definitely did the whole c- cardboard cutout, uh-huh. and then I literally just took a ruler, went up to kind of the inside of the frame, and measured from, like... Seat post, head tube. I did all of the measurements, all of the angles with a protractor. Being someone who studied science, I'm like, I gotta get <laughs> this right. Yeah, I know how to do it. So, but literally, um, I think the biggest thing was leave enough room so when you sew, there's probably like a one inch. Um, how do I even explain it. The section that you sew on, leave uh-huh. a little bit so that way when you sew and the, the bag is kind of packed full, it doesn't burst. Gotcha. Kind of, you leave enough room, uh, like a, a bit of uh, overlap. So I guess build the bag slightly bigger than what you need. Okay. Of, because of the bulk. Because you don't know how much you need. Right. So like in <laughs> and my, you won't until you go out. Yeah. So my top, so um, the frame bag is actually designed in a way that it has a um, Is there's a, two zippers. The bottom part actually holds a four liter water bladder Ooh. four liters nice um i got that idea from uh sarah and tom swallow okay they're uh bike packers who um they used to own a bike shop in ohio and they realized that they rather ride than hear about other people's stories <laughs> about riding <laughs> it's time to go yeah you go so, on your own adventure yeah yeah so they've been like bike packing around the states um a lot uh, I know Sarah. She has um, this kind of video for the specialized adventure series. Um, I can't remember what it was called exactly, but um, yeah, she like I got the idea with the water bladder and the frame bag from her and her husband. And uh, they've also really inspired me to go kind of the more bike packing route than a full fledged touring. Yeah. As simple as it is to like have four panniers that unclip super easy. I like having the weight in the middle of the bike. Right. Well, and it makes it more
1: maneuverable, I suppose. That right? as
3: well. Uh, especially for off road. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you're, if you don't have any racks on your bike to break, like me,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have to worry about breaking. worry about <laughs> it. So,
3: and I think just packing lighter as well. Right. You're going to go farther. Yeah. Right in a day. So. Totally. Yeah. So my eventual plan, I have the front rack, the platform, basically for the end of this tour, but also because I use that bike for uh, commuting. Yeah. If I don't want to strap two panniers on, just literally take a bag, throw it on the, on the, a uh, platform and go. Yeah.
1: Just strap it down. You're all set. You can carry anything. Yeah.
3: And then when I want to like do a bike packing tour, I just take the rack off and go.
1: Yeah. Right. Totally. So it's really really easy. Yeah. So. Um. Just quick question quick answer what mm. kind of tent do you have
3: it's a mech uh i believe it's a volt two okay. i wanted to look at kind of a lighter setup okay um definitely when i'm with my girlfriend it's nice to have a two-person tent yeah but this me, is a single
2: person for you now
3: yeah so there's definitely plenty of room in the tent um i'm thinking i might do a bivy type of setup for my next Kind of overnight, uh, I might borrow a friends just to see if I'd like it. Yeah. Because I've heard of people, they don't, it's either like they're in a cocoon, they're claustrophobic, whether it's like a ventilation and stuff. I want to try one out before I get one. Sure. Um, yeah, so it's kind of MEX, uh, it's kind of like RAI, but from Canada. Yeah. Uh, Mountain Equipment Co-op. Yeah. Um, they make a lightweight uh, tent, and I love it. Yeah. It's super, super nice. I have, I have, I've had no issues with it. Nice. Uh, it's green, so I know... Uh, for bike touring um just having some extra color sure at night at least it's green like. something to like kind of disguise it if you were choosing to camp
1: somewhere that you might or might not have permission to camp
3: yeah and i've definitely done that many times <laughs> on this trip but not that you
1: would know anything about that but no no yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh it does Stealth camping is good yeah yeah
3: the rain fly is also gray yeah okay so there we go definitely blends in sure so sure and I have, like, a zero-degree, uh, a synthetic bag. I was going to ask about that one next. Yeah. And, uh, Is that also a mech bag? Uh, yeah. It's okay. Mountain, Mountain Equipment Co-op. And um, my sleeping pad, uh, when it comes to sleeping, I really don't want to compromise on yeah. comfort. Yeah. So there's definitely thinner pads that I can buy. But I bought a Thermarest. uh I think it's called the Neo Air. Okay. It's, it's inflatable. A, it, yeah, it's a four-season really? sleeping pad. So it's fairly thick. Yeah. Uh, it takes me a while to blow up. luxurious in summer but it's so nice especially like there's definitely been um uh when i did some when i did my tour um before this trip i was in um for you metric folks it's uh, (laughs) like minus one minus one (laughs) celsius right that's below freezing and anybody who doesn't understand the metric system yeah i was (laughs) definitely cold yeah but not from the ground. Okay, that's just, good. Just from the surrounding air. Right, right. So that sleeping pad was awesome. Huh. That's great. And no matter what trip I'm going on, whether it's the Trans Am or not, I'm taking that pad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aaron, yeah. do you
1: use an inflatable? I
3: have a you do. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I
1: couldn't keep an inflatable inflated. I had problems with that, and so I Did you? I, I opted for something that was just a pad, foam. just folding foam. Yeah. 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 But uh, but I've I've heard great things about these, and so yeah. maybe I just need to spend more money. It's,
3: it was definitely like an investment. In sleep, yeah, which is important. Oh yeah, you especially can't especially on a tour. Especially can't on a buy tour, that, right? It's yeah, it's one of
2: those few things where you right. splurge yeah. a little <laughs> bit. Definitely. Well, so. to each their own. <laughs> yeah, to each their own. Like I, I knew
3: like I probably packed a little bit heavier than some people, but I'm also going to be more comfortable. Yeah. I also have two panniers instead of four, so there was definitely people on this trip that were lighter, but definitely some who were heavier. Right. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So.
1: Well, thanks for telling us some stories about your trip. Oh, hey. I really appreciate it. Do you have anything on the Internet that people can look at?
3: Um, I do have a blog, but I really it's not current. So it wasn't your
1: project this trip?
3: Yeah, it definitely wasn't. My, I, I took lots of photos. Yeah. So I do have an Instagram account, at uh, btwade212. I also have Facebook. Uh, there's a lot of people who added me as friends who there I didn't you go. know. Uh-huh. So I have it as a follow feature. So if you sure. want to follow me on that, you can see what I'm up to before and after the trip and during the trip but uh, definitely my uh, Instagram account that yeah. has all my stuff on
1: it BT Wade 212 alright yeah. that's it very good well I'll have to make sure that the podcast is following you as cool. well So awesome thanks very much well, thank you it's been a pleasure and uh, Aaron here actually did a cross country tour when what year was that? yeah
2: 2008 2008,
1: 2008 yeah 2008. years ago Right, uh, and you wrote a book called "We Were Like Sons." <laughs> it's a great book. He loves to do. I have those. my own household copy. <laughs> well, you hate to promote yourself. We, so. we
2: ended in Manhattan. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I know that that bustle and that weird thing, especially having come it's through nuts. the middle America, where it's a lot less yeah. bustling. Yeah, it's nuts.
3: Well, so one of the main reasons why I did this tour was that. I actually had a trip that I wanted to go on across Canada, but I really didn't know how to do a long-distance tour. Yeah. So doing this process now has allowed me to see this is how this works. Ah, uh, yeah. So then I'm going to do my Canada trip in the next couple of years. Oh, there we go. Yeah, from. You make the time for that one next. Yeah, I'm going to make the time from Vancouver Island all the way basically back home. Back home. Perfect. Yeah. Cause I can't because mo- I can't go more east than home. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: I want to say that Newfoundland, Newfoundland, is where uh, Joe Kermaski ended his tour, oh, that he that right? wrote "Blood, Sweat, and Gears" about. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I've heard other stories about ending there, but yeah, maybe yeah. that's where Nathan Jones ended too. I forget.
3: Well, it is the most eastern point in North America. It's way out
1: there.
2: Yeah, way out there. I totally. think
3: the actual the most eastern point is like. 15 or 20 kilometers away from my house yeah so i could see it i can go up a little like <laughs> hill and like there's cape spear there it is <laughs> yeah so i see it from work every day so yeah
1: yeah very cool well i think i forgot to bring you a patch i was going to bring you a patch to put in your bag now that i know that you have patches on your bag on a mail you want oh so, cool definitely um can you let's see do you have something to write down on or like I should or i send you an email or uh, probably email okay, yeah. 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 let's do that there All right, this was right. cool. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you made it to the end of your, well, almost to the end of your journey.
3: Yeah, well, I guess Seattle was kind of like cross country. Right. But I'm, I'm definitely going to kind yeah. of keep going a bit. And now you're making like a like a, another, a different journey. Yeah. I think this, train. this is like my vacation now. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect.
2: You rode from Seattle to Portland. Uh,
3: yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you
2: ended in Seattle, you rode down to Portland, and now you're just going to train back to Seattle.
3: Yeah. I think... Um, so one of the one of the other kind of issues that I came across was because I'm in a different country with a different banking system... Oh, yeah. I can't use my debit down here. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, so I have a MasterCard. Okay. So what I've been doing is kind of paying off little increments. So uh-huh. I'm like, all right, I spent this much amount of money, so I would pay it off with my debit. Oh, sure. And then it came to a point where... This is a Saturday or a Friday night, and my debit, like money, won't go on my card between oh. two to five business days. It oh, doesn't include weekends. Okay. So there's been a period of time where I'm like, I got 10 bucks <laughs> for the next two to five days. Guess we're opening oh, some dumpsters. Man. Right, and yeah. I yeah. definitely
1: have. <laughs> right, 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 right. Did you, did you ever find any beers or, or cider beverages in the um,
3: I haven't, but okay. there has been people who have found beer in the dumpster. Yeah. That's L- like literally right. you would find a half case and one would be cracked open. And right. they're literally so lazy. Yeah. They're just gonna chuck it. I'm too drunk for absorbed, the rest of these. Yeah. And then I'll absorb the cost. So there's a few people on this trip that were like, dumpster beer, we're having it. Right, right, seriously. Oh for sure. But literally the the meals that I've been having for most of the trip yeah you
1: got rice and lentils in a smucker's
3: jar yeah with water and I instead of buying spices I buy like the, t- the taco seasoning which uh-huh. already has everything in it sure just a spoonful yeah so literally like five tablespoons of rice, four tablespoons of lentils.
1: How long does it take for that to reconstitute? Because you're not cooking it or anything, right? You're yeah,
3: just... I'm, I'm cooking it. Oh, you are, okay. Yeah, oh, I see, but you let it soak before. I'm soaking it, so, okay. there, so that water was like gotcha. up to here. About three-quarters of the way up. Right, so right up probably the, the, the like, Smuckers logo. half hour, hour. I'm gonna cook that now. There you I go. I have bread and then nice. tomatoes. From Perfect. the garden. Yeah,
1: and uh, anise it looks like, as What's far that? as I can tell. Hmm? Uh, it's uh It's like the licorice-flavored stuff, right? It, oh, yeah. Yeah. it probably wouldn't work out well with your with your meal, but Yeah, that's that's liquor As food. an aperitif, it's maybe. Stuff.
3: Oh. Yeah. Oh my, my god. <laughs> but yeah, no. That's so one of the guys from Australia. Yeah. Who was on this trip. He did the PCT and he's like, "Do this." Just and, Yeah. And I've been doing that for like the past
1: 40 something days. Totally. Works out perfectly. So, but yeah.
3: Yeah. No, it's been it's been
1: fun. That's awesome.
3: What are you guys doing? Like? Uh, this is my
1: James Coda that's turned into an Aurora. Cool. I basically I, yeah. I tried cambium. Yeah, what'd you think of it? Didn't like it. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's uh, I, I hear it's it's kind of divisive, I think. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm out of. You got your phone on you? Yeah. I'm out of or battery. <laughs> you
3: yeah, know I was really on the fence about. Got a nickel. The stock seat, and then after trying that, I've gone back to that, and I haven't used like. Stock seat's been the thing for you. Yeah, I haven't like since being in town. I just haven't really worn the bike shorts. I haven't. Yeah. It's it's been no issue. That's all right. So maybe my ass is just like. Right used to it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think you can kind of make yourself used to anything.
3: The aero bars are over here.
1: Oh, yeah, because they're not on the frame right now.
3: Yeah, no, just for commuting it looks like on the pool, but... Yeah. I bought Uh them at a used shop.
1: There you go. Yeah. 25. And and I've always thought that like aero bars look profile well, design and that's don't take brand, this personally right? but like look dumb but I've never thought about the utility I you know? like a lot of things so look dumb and they work really well
3: literally you're there for like a 20 mile stretch and yeah. you just put your elbows there and you're just
1: like, yeah and there's nobody to like care what you look like right yeah <laughs> like here we go let's it do this does not matter yeah
3: so. but yeah that's, that's the setup let's just put two, two bags up front yeah it's yeah, a I damn sexy a bike bit man. lighter but, and then I got the anything cage out of ace hardware there you go yeah, and that's, that's been cool.
2: So, but Yeah, because
1: yeah, oh, that is, would hold like a, a like a growler yeah. or something, like a big...
3: Uh, I have a blue water bottle, yeah, yeah. right there. there you that. go. So. Or a soda
1: bottle or anything. like Yeah.
3: yeah. Have a An enormous a jar
1: way. of sriracha.
3: Yeah. Uh, you can put whatever you want. Dude, I've seen people, like, <laughs> zip-tie bottle cages to their rear triangle yeah. for hot sauce. Oh, sure. Literally.
1: That's a good idea. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, I think the whole, like... Um, the specialized adventure kind of group. There's like yeah. Sarah and Tom Swallow. There's like Ultra Romance and a bunch of other people. Like they're the people that I'm consistently like looking at
1: yeah. online. Yeah, and they I got some good ideas.
3: And I eventually want to do more of a uh, as a. More commuter, kind of like a lazy bike. Sure. I guess you can say. Yeah. I want to do like a Rantanoring type of like.
1: Although I don't know if you call anything you do lazy at this point, knowing what <laughs> I do about it. But, but yes, I know what you just mean.
3: Just like a stylus-wise. Like yeah. Like the 650B <laughs> wheels and the low rider rack. And yeah. I eventually want to put on this thing a whole dynamo setup. Oh, sure. Because I've been using the, the uh, USB lights. Right. And there's times where literally my solar panel just doesn't want to work. Uh-huh. And I so have you're no out of lights, electricity. So I can't ride at night, which I right. love yeah. riding at night. Yeah. It's I've cooler. been doing
1: the uh, the generator hub for a while, and it works out really well. Do you have a... Is it a... I forget. Is it? Okay. <laughs> is it a I, Panasonic or... I think like the first one... The first one two two actually two. came from Drew. Um, really? Yeah, he gave it to me just like, here, try this out. I'm done with it. Okay, so now I have a Shimano, but for a long time, his was a Panasonic. Oh, really? This is the light he gave me, though, so... Wow. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking but at, like never a, buy batteries again, you know.
3: Yeah, there's a few like mid-range brands that I'm looking at. with the like,
1: port on top. Yeah. To Charge your phone, and like, I like the idea. I still haven't done that to this one. I yeah. love the idea of just setting up a, a situation where you don't have to worry about plugging in batteries. Yeah. So, so. someday. Yeah. Soon. Yeah.
3: Actually, I had a bunch of stickers on my bike, and I took them all off. Yeah. When I took off the frame bags, I'm uh-huh. like, man, like, like my bike doesn't look. Clean and sleek anymore, <laughs> but I like the patches. Right, yeah. With a steel Something frame, special. It's like there's not much room.
1: Good to meet you, man. Yeah, you. Use this is well. recycling hey. over great here. Great
2: yeah, job, man. What a, what a Thank story. You. Thanks yeah. for sharing with us. Yeah. Promise, it's with fun. My stickers are covering up rust. Like paint. <laughs> well, that's what the paint paint for. Chips. So that's <laughs> yeah. too easy
1: to. My stickers go around the paint chips.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to accentuate.
1: Yeah, exactly. Brad, right. it was good to meet you. You as well. Thank you so much. Good. Best Thank wishes with the end of the tour. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, look forward to chatting with you soon. If yeah. you ever get out this way again, give us a call. I yeah. will. Or Definitely. an email or whatever. Cool. All Bye, right. Guys. Cheers, man. Have a good night. See
3: you.
0: Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. And, uh, you know, we'll see you around. And then the next week, we'll, we'll be back with another show. I swear. I promise. Thanks to all of our generous donors who make this happen. Check us out at thesprocketpodcast.com. Send us an email at thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your voice memos and audio, 503-847-9774. All right, take care. Brush your teeth, go to bed.
1: Your nickel. You want it? Okay, it's a no shiny one. Left turn? (laughs) Left
2: turn.